You're listening to a Sin Media podcast. Previously heard live on Sin 90.7. You're listening to The Power of She with me, Jenna Green, and my lovely special guest. We are going to be talking today about disability and ableism. On previous shows, we've sort of tried to talk about the experiences of young women and some of the issues that young women face just in general society. So rather than trying to lecture you guys, trying to give you guys all the facts, because there are so many, I thought we'd focus today's show on really trying to encourage people to think about things differently themselves and encourage people to go out and educate themselves more on on this topic if they're not that familiar with it, which is hopefully what we will be able to do together today Angie is that okay with you that is very fine with me brilliant brilliant so we're going to be covering topics like I say such as ableism such as invisible disabilities and sort of some of the stereotypes and you know perceptions that there are of um, people with diverse abilities people with disabilities and all that sort of jazz so we are going to keep going with that but we're going to keep going with our fabulous music as well because as you will know if you have listened into the show before, it is about having the chats and having the conversations, but it's also about creating a platform for the general celebration of women. So all of the tracks that we'll be playing today, again, are by fantastic, amazing women. So stay tuned for more conversations. Stay tuned for more amazing females. Right now, you're going to listen to I Like That by Janelle Monet. Due to some confusing, boring legal stuff, Sin can't podcast any of the knee-slapping tracks that are played on air. To dance along with us in the studio, you'll need to listen live. Tune your radio dial to 90.7 or stream it online at sin.org.au. So welcome, Andrew. Welcome. Say hello. 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 Today, I really want to chat to you, as I said, about, you know, kind of the the stereotypes that there are around this, this area. We talked a lot about... Uh, young women's experiences within society and last week we sort of tried to discover these intersections within the female experience so last week we looked at women of colour this week I really want to look at the different experiences of individuals with disabilities and you know young women in particular with disabilities I'll obviously start by saying that we cannot represent everyone we can't speak for everyone in this field but we're just going to try and really encourage people to have the conversation and have the discussions with their peers their friends their family whatever to get everyone more educated and more in the know about this topic so Angie tell the people at home kind of your expertise and your background within this field if you don't mind yeah awesome uh well I am a young person I'm 19 years old um But yeah, recently I've started to study disability and I'm also a volunteer support worker at a day centre. So I do dance and arts programs, also a bit of cycling, nature walking and just kind of activities in the day. And I guess it's it's kind of opened my eyes to the capabilities of people that have disabilities because there is so much stigma and it's almost like people's disability might be one thing, but some people just might kind of extend that to so many other things that it is not um so it's been a really great experience to just get closer to people with disabilities because I definitely feel that in our society we do separate them from non-disabled people 
Perfect. I think you're you're totally right there, and I think you're you're spot on in terms of the sorts of things that we're going to try and analyse and chat about today, in terms of the segregation and the expectations and the stigma that we place around people with disabilities. I kind of want to chat to you today about how do we combat that? How do we combat these the kind of ignorance that surrounds you know the way people think about people with disabilities, and how do we you know try and progress forward for the future? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. It's totally. It's. I think the topic is becoming a little bit more talked about um, as of recently. But obviously, the fight for better access and more inclusion of disabled people has been going on for so many years. So I guess we've just got to start talking about it. I think a lot of people are very hesitant to talk about people that have disabilities. They might not know. There might be certain people that they're not sure how to communicate with. They might not know that person's um, means of communication. They might not know what language to use to um, describe their disability. They might not know if it's okay to ask them about their disability. Um, So it can, it's kind of just that unknowingness of everybody. So I think we're just going to start talking about it, even if it's just a little bit, even if those conversations are uncomfortable. We've just got to start talking about it and we've got to start including people with disabilities in these conversations and just ask them, you know, if you're not sure how to communicate with somebody um, that has a disability. It's like, just ask and, you know, be respectful about it, but it's better that to ask than to not communicate with somebody at all and not include them into your conversations and activities and so on. For sure. I think that when I spoke before about, you know, the combating the ignorance that surrounds it, I think one of the main things that we have to kind of hold on to is the fact that ignorance isn't necessarily a bad thing. As long as it's as long as you recognise it as that, you can be ignorant so long as you're happy to educate yourself. I think that it's much better, as you say, if someone is perhaps not aware about how to communicate, how to how to communicate with someone with a disability or, you know, the correct language to use. Because we'll get onto that language and discourse because I think I was saying to you before Andy, that a lot of people are put off talking about this topic because they're like, oh, what if I say the wrong thing? You know, what if I offend someone? And, you know, we can we can say now, obviously, if anyone is offended by the language that we use, please do let us know. But it's all about that. It's about the learning. It's about having the discussions so that you can point out, actually, you know what? No, that that's not quite what we want to say. We want to try and move it forward. We want to be using this term or whatever. And I think that we can't do that within our society. We can't progress and move forward unless we do have these conversations but I think you are entirely correct in saying that we have to have disabled people within the conversations we're not we can't just talk about them we have to talk with them and to them also so literally with this show I just encourage people listening at all please please like reach out if you do know any people with a disability or if you come across anyone in the street I was saying to Angie before that we don't want to come at you with facts and you know really heavy content today it's more about encouraging people to educate themselves and to look more into the topic but I, I was doing some research online and I found that um a vast majority of the population, they they will admit to the fact that they feel uncomfortable looking a disabled person in the eye when they speak to them. And I just think if I were to experience that, you know, I would find that really, really, like, heartbreaking. People um, 
might not know how to communicate with someone with a disability and might, if that person is with a support worker, then they would talk to the support worker and then talk about that person with a disability in third person, um, which is really horrible because people with disabilities, even if they do have a support worker, they are still a whole person and they're still someone that you should look in the eye and you should talk to and their support worker might need might tell you something about the way that they communicate just as a heads up and that's the support worker and that's what they're there for but they're not there to fully represent somebody they are just there to support them um Mm -hmm. so I definitely think that's a huge problem is people not speaking to people that have disabilities like a person it can be so dehumanizing to have someone not look you in the eye or talk about you in third person when you're right in front of them I think it's so horrible and I feel like we just need to make um people that don't have disabilities realize that and just think about how it would feel to not be looked into the eye to be spoken about in third person when you're right in front of them to not be included in conversations um because it's no different to somebody who had a disability experiencing that. Um. I think that's that's so true. And in analysing, again, discourse, I think you are right in saying that, like, having a support worker, that is somebody who just supports somebody throughout their life. It's not that they cannot function it's not that they can't do the the things that other people do they might just perhaps need to do it differently or need some support again in my research I found this man who chose to refer to his you know his support um, workers as his staff and I was like you know what that's totally right he's paying these people a wage absolutely you know he's able to do that yeah they are so why would we look at that in any way differently like if somebody has I don't know if someone has staff their, their own staff of any other kind we're not going to start talking to them and not to the person in question yeah absolutely so yeah I think that it's just about not being scared is the main thing that I think we really want to try and get across here in terms of talking about the stereotypes the language the ignorance that perhaps surrounds it and people's like fear to engage with this topic I think that I just definitely really want to spread to people that it's not scary that like don't be afraid to say the wrong thing as long as you grow and you learn and you are receptive to someone who then says actually you know what prefer it if you say this like yeah. that's just, totally fine just keeping yourselves accountable it's like really important i think with yeah with have all, an open mind yeah with all kinds of diverse people it might be people with a disability people who are gender diverse people who are um you know culturally diverse it's just keeping yourself accountable and taking feedback from people about how they would like to be communicated with and how they would like to be referred to etc Perfect, perfect. Well, we'll hopefully get onto more discussions later. We want to apply this directly to the impact on young women and how young women see themselves. So we're going to keep going with that. We've got lots of great things to talk about. Um, We're going to talk about invisible disabilities as well, because I think that's really important also. But we're going to crack on with our music also, Angie. We're going to keep going with our fantastic females. And right now, we are going to listen to February 3rd by the fantastic Georgia Smith. Before those lovely songs, before you listen to Super Sad Generation by Arlo Parks and February 3rd by Georgia Smith, we had a little bit of a conversation just about how do we combat the ignorance and the fear to talk about disability? How do we get more people engaged in the discussion? And how do we kind of like analyze and assess some of the stereotypes and labels that are applied 
to people with disabilities, people with diverse abilities, and just people in general. So, Angie, now we're going to chat a bit more about, you know, the direct impact that these sort of things have on young people and on young women in particular. Women are already marginalised and a woman that also lives with a disability, it's like having two in one. It's extreme marginalisation um, and that can affect you know, their, their lives, their parenting lives, their sex lives, the way they go about every day, what it feels like to walk down the street, what it feels like to be in a classroom, in a vehicle, in any situation. Um, it can be so, so different to people, like to their non-disabled peers and other women. It can be so, so tough. So there's so many parts of life that that impacts. And if you look at statistics, you know, disabled women are very, very prone to um, things like homelessness, things like having their custody of their children taken away from them on the basis of their disability rather than the mistreatment of their children or anything like that that would actually be valid so there is really big um yeah like life altering um outcomes for like from the discrimination against women with disabilities i guess we've talked about you know individuals like our peers that might use um the wrong language or not have the not feel confident to talk about disability and that's so valid and that's so important but um coming from you know coming from the government coming from the businesses all that stuff like that makes that also makes a huge impact um yeah things like unemployment rates of women with disabilities it's it's huge topic so i guess what we're trying to do today is just raise awareness and like start talking about these things as we said like we are just two young women um we are not experts but that's no, nobody really is we've all just kind of got to work together and improvise and like bring this conversation to the table because it's so valid I think you're so right there in definitely summarising what we're trying to do and highlighting some of the direct examples of where life just becomes so much harder for women with disabilities and women with diverse abilities. It is just, it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be a struggle. And and what you were saying there about women with disabilities getting their children taken away from them on the grounds that they have a disability We'll go on later to talk about ableism and talking about how we understand disability and how we have this concept of disability and how it has this very kind of negative, you know, um, air around it that people can't do certain things. But it's actually, it's really, if you look at it, it's about diversity and people might do things differently, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're wrong, if you see what I mean. Absolutely. So, you know, hearing things like that, I think that's what a lot of people need to hear. They need to understand that these things are happening within our society and, you know, just make themselves a bit more aware and a bit apparent into it. Like like Andrew perfectly says, we are not experts. Please, I encourage you to do your own research further into these topics to understand these things more so. But just really, if you take anything away from this show, hopefully you will take away the fact that this really does need to be brought more to the forefront of our thoughts and more, you know, to the forefront of our everyday lives and everyday society. Because this is what this is a this is a very harsh reality for a lot of people. 
and for young women with disabilities i think that you're you're correct in saying that they are sort of doubly discriminated against and completely marginalized from the mainstream in a range of scenarios and i think that people are a little bit blind perhaps to the direct effects that you know having a disability has on some young women and the impacts that that has on various things like i say and like you said angie from direct things such as homelessness to you know just their personal concepts of beauty absolutely and you know their the the way they see themselves is there anything else you would like to share more on that kind of topic yeah i think just we need to highlight and understand that it is the negative social attitudes that um that make people with a disability suffer. It's not their disability that they're suffering from. There's nothing wrong with them. It's just the ins- it's just the the way that they are living. But the, the negative social attitudes that surround them and that affect them that's what's that's what's making them unable to do things. Um, so I guess it just highlights how much of an impact we have as people's peers, as people's communities to make a great change in their life and to help them access things and help them feel comfortable in environments that they're in. Yeah, for sure. I think perhaps one of the easiest ways for people to understand it is the fact that disability, you can analyse it as a complete social construction. In terms of the way that we see disability and disabled people like I say we're going to go on to talk about ableism and the way that society is designed in order to favor able-bodied people is that like like we understand gender as a social construct we can also understand disability as a social construct and see that it's how we perceive it it's that that negativity is totally constructed by society we have applied that negativity to these people's lives and especially when we look at women and we look at you know the way we represent women with disabilities all of that negativity it's totally created so I think that certainly moving forward and going on within society we need to take that away and we need to try and you know get rid of that and see it in a lot more positive light and you know encourage people to see the 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 beauty that lies within the diversity and the really great positive things that can come from people who might not be able to do things the way that you do it but they can do it in a different way which is instantly just so interesting and why would we not want to celebrate that and have space for that just because it goes against the grain it goes against our you know our perceptions of what is the norm what kind of advice would you give to people trying to really understand that you know double discrimination that we talked about who were trying to understand um the impacts that this has on women in particular and the impacts on young women growing up what advice would you have to them in sort of understanding the label that is instantly applied to them before they even open their mouths, before they even meet people? Absolutely. I think if you're wanting to be more respectful to people, is you just ask. Um, you might you might realise that someone does something in a different way, but you're not quite sure how, and you just ask about them and not be so scared to, to just ask somebody Um but definitely, like, include, like, you know, women that with a disability that are artists, that are musicians, and those sort of things. It's like including them if you're somebody that, you know, hosts events or something, you know, making sure your events are accessible. And that's not just being wheelchair accessible. That could be having quiet spaces and having, you know, inclusion, like, an inclusive space and making sure you make an effort to 
to promote that message that the that the the environment is excess is inclusive of people with disabilities um doing things like that so it's really important if you are someone that you know hosts events or gigs and stuff like that is making those those events accessible um yeah just kind of including people and it could be anything if you're not like you know like an art curator or you're doing some sort of like music things or anything like that it's just including people with disabilities making those platforms accessible um yeah i recently read an article on something and it talks about how you know people that might use a wheelchair it's like some places are accessible for that person to come and watch but not necessarily come and participate there might be a venue that yeah or a church and it's like you can get into the church but you can't get up on the platform so you need to enable people with a disability to not just come and observe but to participate and contribute like anybody else would perfect perfect i think you're so right and i think that it definitely is just be to be aware to to be aware and to be conscious and to be you know willing to perhaps admit that you know you weren't so aware there's nothing wrong with being ignorant absolutely literally and, and calling out like not calling out in a negative way but just pointing out if, if you're around somebody and you think that their language is ableist and you think that they're saying the wrong thing or they're doing something and even though it might be uncomfortable that person is your friend or someone that you don't want to necessarily get into an argument with you kind of, but just taking that moment to tell somebody like hey that was not the right thing to say or that wasn't the right thing to do and just kind of like presenting a different um way of which they could have addressed that thing or just yeah picking up on bullying picking up on exclusion um if, yeah, keeping yourself accountable and keeping your peers accountable too is really important. Well, on that note, hopefully we have inspired some people to engage in conversations with anyone, with whether it be able-bodied people, whether it be disabled people, anyone at all. Just really get the discussion going. And we're going to head into another song, but hopefully in, in the time, listen to the song or have a discussion, whatever you want to do. Just be thinking about this and be really, you know, Open yourselves up, but for now, we are going to listen to Cryptic Love by Ayama. You are listening to The Power of She on Sin 90.7. We're going to talk now, Angie, if it's okay, about ableism and kind of encouraging people to understand what ableism is and how they can make sure that they're not really participating as much as possible in supporting ableism and you know things that contribute to ableism so give us your best summary as best you can because as we say you're not an expert but you know it's really important that people don't feel like they have to be experts to talk about this so let us know how how you would describe ableism angie yeah well ableism is just like any other kind of discrimination like sexism like racism those kind of things it's discriminating somebody on the basis of of in this case their disability so that could come in so many forms that could come in between your peers even people you consider your friends it can come through the government and it can be systematic um but yeah it's practically discriminating somebody on the basis of their um disability so that could be a direct insult um using their disability as a negative kind of insult it could be somebody it could be someone's trying to approach something or trying to access it and getting turned away because of their disability it can it comes in so many different forms it's um and it's really horrible and people that with a disability can experience this on a daily basis 
Um, so yeah, I guess trying not to be ableist, it's, 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 it can be hard. Like, I hate to say that, but we live, we do, I can hate to be negative, but we do live in a society where a lot of, like, ableist language is sort of normalized. I know when I was growing up, um, still I'm growing up, but yeah, like when I was in high school, the slurs like the R word were quite commonly used and thrown around, and that is ableist because you're using a word that refers to people with a disability and using it as an, in a negative slur and as an insult to another person. Um, so things like that are ableist, but it can come in so many different forms. Um, yeah, what's your take on ableism? I think what I would kind of want to touch on a bit more is perhaps the structures that are already in place that we totally, I think we don't even appreciate just literally the ways that we have built things on this planet in terms of what I was saying earlier about, you know, this social construction about how we have applied this negative label to disability. I think that when you analyse, you know, the way that we have designed society, you can see how that's become apparent. I was speaking to Angie earlier about this fantastic video that I was showing during my uh, studies back home in Leeds um, about this, about how society really is constructed for the benefit of able-bodied people. But in this video, basically, it explains that it explains the world in the context of wheelchair users. And I think that's another thing we need to talk about is that people often think that only people in wheelchairs are disabled, which is obviously incredibly incorrect. But for the purpose of this video, basically, it says that all of these people are using wheelchairs and the world is designed in favor of that. So, you know, the ceilings are lower the doors are wider and and there's just all of these things that you know they don't need that you know that we would have designed for the benefit of able-bodied people and then it says in this video that one day the able-bodied people come to stay and they come across difficulties and they have issues obviously getting in the doors because they're taller and they have issues being in the rooms because they, they keep hitting their heads off the ceilings because the ceilings are low and all of these things that are designed in favor of the wheelchair users and it says in the video that oh we must take pity on these able-bodied people because you know they are experiencing these difficulties and we must give them pity and charity kind of thing um and then in the video it says actually these able-bodied people thought one day actually there is nothing wrong with them personally it's about the way the society has been designed and I think that that really kind of painted the picture for me and allowed me to see how ableism really works when you literally flip it like that and when you see it from the opposite perspective you understand how actually okay we have these systems that are all in place like there are so many things it's like stairs and everywhere and the way that we have designed society really allows ableism and you know ableist practices to be ingrained within the way that we function as a society but that doesn't mean that we can't change that going forward we just need to be a lot more conscious of it and like you say not only just design things so that they can be accessed by people with a disability so that they can be enjoyed by people with a disability as well because you know we'll speak about people with disabilities wanting to enjoy the exact same things that we do and being 
able to engage in the exact same things we do. The only thing that's stopping them really is the way that we have designed access to those things and really making sure that we have access for that. So in terms of ableism as a discussion, I think you summed it up like perfectly. And I hope that a lot of people listening to this can really think that perhaps you might have been aware of basic ableist principles. You might have heard of ableism before. If you haven't, like fantastic, think about it more. You know, go do some more research about it. Go and educate yourself more because that is really what we're trying to do here. We're not trying to lecture everyone, tell people they're bad people if they don't know these things. Just really trying to inspire and get people to engage in conversation and discussion about these kind of things and i think i think that's the that's the general tone anyway yeah i think that's all really valid information um especially kind of like remaining neutral and being okay if you aren't aware of these sort of things like ableism and like things that people with a disability might experience that you don't like it's it's okay if you don't know i think as young people um especially kind of like this kind of like millennial generation or perhaps any other generation but we're so young and we're like um especially with with the internet we're so overwhelmed by all these causes and all these things there's climate change and there's this and there's that and we like try to take on everything we try to take on cruelty free we try to take on so much things and we just kind of have so much on our shoulders and we're just young people and we're not superheroes and we do need to kind of focus on ourselves at times but it's great to have a little bit of awareness about the world around you and experiences that maybe you don't have um but other people do and you can help them or like you can support them um in what they do and just including people that have different circumstances to your own so i think that's all really valid stuff to bring up i think that video was really interesting you brought that up um and it just highlights how there there's nothing wrong with people that have disabilities it's the world that's built around them that creates um creates struggles um so yeah i guess we yeah but it is it is really awesome um i know at least in australia like we do have we are doing quite well especially with wheelchair access maybe like not so much um well, a little bit but like maybe not so much like private venues and things but definitely like any kind of like a library and shopping centers um any government sort of build- buildings and stuff they are wheelchair accessible and it is there is legislation to protect that there's also legislation to protect people with a disability being discriminated um in employment such as like when they go for jobs and stuff it is sometimes those sort of things don't really always end up adding up in the long run some people still you know slip through the the crevices and they do get discriminated through employment and stuff but i think we are in a great position in australia we have a great foundation for the the communities and us and us young people to stand up and keep pushing and keep pushing for more inclusion and keep pushing for more access uh i think we've got a really great foundation like it was not that long ago in my parents lifetime that um people with a disability were very highly segregated from the community in institutions and but that that is no longer we've got our lovely lovely peers that live with disabilities in our community so all we have to do is just to work to support them and to push push institutions and push businesses and push you know our schools and push everybody to include them as well 
Excellent. Excellent. What a fantastic roundup, Andy. Thank you so, so much for your contributions today. We will have more talks and we'll try and link the video and any kind of more articles or any ways that we can aid you guys and help you to learn more and to engage more with content regarding this topic on our Instagram. So if you would like to... By all means, give us a follow or give us a DM, even get involved in our discussion and, you know, send us a message at The Power of She on Instagram. For now, though, before we get to more discussions and more conversations, we are going to listen to Seen and Never Heard by Etta Bond. We are chatting in the studio today about disability, ableism and, you know, really trying to educate ourselves and involve ourselves within the the discussion regarding those kinds of topics. We've had a lovely show so far today talking about trying to eradicate the stereotypes that surround uh, young women with disabilities and trying to understand what life is like for young women living with disabilities. So, Angie, now we're going to have a little bit of a chat about, you know, these stereotypes that surround what we feel women should be and the extra kind of added discrimination that happens to young women with disabilities because we spoke on episode three um, about all the kinds of expectations that society has of women and we spoke a little bit earlier about how women with disabilities tend to be discriminated against at an extra regard because they don't fit those stereotypes of what we perceive women to be so Angie I know you're keen to talk about this really let us know your thoughts and what you feel about this situation, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, for a lot of able, able body, like pe- non-disabled people, they might not be, um, and they might not have as many peers that are, do have a disability, especially because of the way our education system works most of the time, where are there are schools for people with disabilities. And that is great because then those people do get the extra support they need and they get to be in an environment where they can relate to their peers. But it also makes... It also, in result of that, um, non-disabled people aren't having as many disabled peers and therefore the idea of having a disability is not normalised. It's not just... It's just not a normal, like, um, condition of somebody's lives and the way that they're going about their lives is almost alienated to non-disabled people and then through that we we have our ideas of you know what someone's body is like um and what somebody's behavior is like we make these ideas about it so I think when disability comes into the picture some people they just they just don't feel a sense of relation. They've made all these ideas in their head of what a body is, and that can usually stem and off what like a woman is. Kind Absolutely, of thing. Yeah. yeah. What a woman is, and like what women do. Um, gender roles definitely comes into it, and stuff like that. There is like a lot of sort of ideas of like what women do, and women with disabilities, especially if they're. Um, disability is physical might not do things such as you know cook their own meals in the kitchen let alone cook for their husband Mm. or something but that doesn't make them any less of a woman absolutely so like a lot of women get discriminated um, against and sort of demeaned because of their gender and women with disabilities like as I said before it's kind of like a double dose of discrimination Um, and 
we don't have a lot of non-disabled people don't have familiar familiarity with that kind of concept and so yeah I think it's a really awesome topic to raise it's just um yeah the experiences of body and that an image and like um confidence of women with disabilities um yeah I think it's an awesome topic to yeah raise. I think it's very difficult like we spoke in earlier episodes again just trying to link this all together for people we spoke about you know the importance of representation of seeing people who look like you and kind of people who who perhaps don't struggle with that issue who don't struggle with seeing people who look like them represented in mainstream society trying to really make it apparent to them what it feels like to not have anyone who represents you in terms of your own personal confidence your own personal body image how you think about yourself and the things that you can achieve and how that is so important and I can't even begin to imagine what it must feel like as a woman with a disability what it's like seeing, you know, magazines and certainly growing up as a young woman, I think it would be very, very detrimental trying to see all these people that do not represent you, do not look like you at all. And what that really, ha- the effect that has on our perceptions of beauty, our perceptions of, you know, women, what it means to be a woman Absolutely. kind of thing. I think like the lack of um, disabled women in film and in advertisement makes a big impact on that as well. It's like you might see certain films or advertisements that they might have someone in the, with a disability, but it's never just casually. It's always like that's the whole time. Really yeah, that's the centerpiece of that film, and which shouldn't be the case. There should be women with disabilities in all kinds of media, and it shouldn't be the highlights. Like, oh, this is women with a disability because this yeah. is a disability services advertisement or a film that's about the experience of somebody with a disability or something like that it just should be normalized um you know disabled women should be able to see representation of them and feel connection to the world around them including advertisements because it does make a big difference um when it comes to body image when it comes with feeling familiar to the environment around you um Something I'm super keen to talk about is female sexuality and when it comes to women with disabilities because as we might all know, um, female sexuality is kind of it's kind of tossed under the sheets a little bit. It's not really spoken about as much. There is a lot of stigma about it. There's a lot of stigma about you know women reclaiming their bodies and making decisions for their bodies. Um, so I think when it comes to disability and sexuality, it's a huge topic to talk about which we may not all completely understand um and I guess it comes back to that familiarity thing because you know people that have physical disabilities might have sex in a different way than other people might perceive sex and we all have different ideas about what sex is um I think the idea of sex being spontaneous and in the moment and those kind of ideas like we see in films where there's people are kissing and then all of a sudden they're having sex and it's also quick it's also spontaneous it's not like that it's 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 um that kind of idea that things are supposed to just happen so spontaneous and not be spoken about just happen in the moment I think that's a really kind of toxic message um because people that have physical disabilities might need a little bit of planning and that's okay and they might have sex in a different way and that's okay because that's a private that's a private thing um but I also think that yeah people 
with disabilities, their sexualities aren't talked about enough. Um, it's a lot of, there's like a misconception that, you know, people with disabilities are either overtly sexual or asexual, which is completely not true. Uh, I think more sex education for people with disabilities is, um, would be really beneficial to empower them to have sex lives. Um, I think that's so important, Angie, and I think that is whole, part of this whole thing about analysing things from perspectives that we perhaps hadn't had before. And really thinking about these things, I was saying to you earlier that in my studies I came across a really important article. is called Can We Have Sex Tonight? And it's about a disabled woman having this discussion with her support worker, almost asking for permission to obviously engage in what is a, a natural part of our lives kind of thing. And it's one of those things that we totally take for granted as able-bodied people and that we impose these perceptions of how something should be and how, you know, this is, it's almost like you say with how it should be so spontaneous. There's nothing wrong with it. If you need a bit more planning, if you do need that, that doesn't take anything away from your experience. And Absolutely. I don't think we as able-bodied people or as anyone can really have that much of a say surrounding the way in which somebody else has to go about that kind of thing or taking away from their experience for them and I think you're so correct that trying to talk about representation trying to talk about the female experience and being a young woman I think that you're entirely correct that there are so many spheres that are just totally not spoken about and where disabled women do not feature and I think you're correct in saying that we need this kind of education we need the support we need this backing but not in a tokenistic way Absolutely. not in a way that we are ticking off quotas not in yeah. a way that we are doing it purely for ourselves to be like oh look at me I'm so fantastic I've created a campaign with one disabled yeah. person and I'm so woke yeah exactly exactly we we want to try and get rid of that and kind of normalize it because that's exactly what it should be this is a part of our society so rather than having a big gold song and dance about it and being like oh let me do this for my quota let's do this for the benefit of our society for the benefit of ourselves and for the benefit of these people who are increasingly marginalized if you see what i mean yeah i think it's a really positive and valuable message to give to um, like musicians and bands and filmmakers and people that do advertising, it's a good message to put out there to include people with disability and not for that tokenistic thing. Um, nobody wants to be given things just because of the way that they are marginalised. It's a little a little token and to make that person's PR be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's definitely a, a message to put out to like filmmakers. I know there's a lot of young filmmakers in Melbourne um, doing their thing and it's great it'd be really awesome if they yeah put put a little conscious effort out to include more people with a disability and stuff like that would be really awesome but yeah I think there's such a like of of disabled women in in film and in and then in sex scenes and stuff like that and even if they um, you know, a lot of people learn about sexuality through things like porn and it can be hard for like disabled people to find that kind of representation that is accessible mm-hmm. to them but also appropriate because, you know, a lot of people, it also happens to like transgender women, is like they can get fetishized, yeah. which is really horrible. Um, so, yeah, I think just, I think talking about sex and disability is a really, really good thing to talk about it also kind of 
those sort of concepts might be similar to non-disabled people and people that just want to have sex in a different way and that's okay and that's what they're comfortable with and that's what works for them. Um, you know, we don't, of course, we don't need to understand how other people have sex because that's our own personal business. But just kind of having more open-mindedness about those things. You know, some people with a disability might have a support worker with them. They might have a sex worker. Um, yeah, I know. That, I know there's some people that are kind of, sort of sending in like kind of like campaigning things to the NDIS, which is the insurance scheme for people with a disability. So that's um, something that sort of just came out recently, which empowers people with a disability to kind of designate where they want their funding to go. And there's some people that are kind of campaigning for people with a disability, um, people who are physically affected by their disability, to be able to use their NDIS payments for um, things like a sex worker and kind of campaigning for that right to have sex. Because the, the idea of connecting to another person is... It's a fundamental need that all humans have and sex can be a really huge part of that connection. So, yeah, it's interesting to know those kind of um, thoughts and ideas that are in the like um, disability community and just hearing them out, bringing them to the table as if they were our own issues because these are people in our community, so we should be supporting them and taking their concerns on board. Fantastic. I think that's so, so interesting, Angie. And I think, again, that is perhaps a perspective that people may not have thought to look into or an angle that people might think that they are a certain level, to quote yourself, of woke, but they perhaps, you know, aren't quite in with these 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 thoughts and they're not right quite there and there's there is so deep and don't feel overwhelmed by it if you don't fully understand every single aspect but like we're saying just open yourselves up i think that is so interesting to think about that to think about you know why shouldn't these people spend their money on a sex worker because at the end of the day it's totally their right to spend their money on whatever the hell they want to kind Absolutely. of thing and they are totally entitled to these kinds of things and to experience the intimacy that we take for granted Absolutely. as able-bodied people. So that's definitely something that I think is very interesting and a line that perhaps more people that should educate themselves on Absolutely. and should open up the discussion about. We need to kind of try and eradicate these taboos and try yeah. and get rid of the stigma and, you know, uncomfortableness around talking about these things because yeah. the more we talk about it the easier things become Absolutely. and the more fluid things can be and then it becomes a much smaller issue Absolutely. because everyone's engaged in discussion and I hope that's what we're doing today for those people at home who are listening I hope you are able to listen in learn something new expand on something you already knew or you know just just feel involved in any way shape or form Thank you so much to everyone listening. Like I say, please do follow us on our Instagram at The Power of She. And please do take into account that we are not experts. We are just trying to have a conversation to encourage other people to have conversations about what is an incredibly important topic. So, yes, please stay with us for the rest of the show. We're going to cruise through with some more music. And we are going to listen to Floetic by Floetry. We have been talking to you guys today about what it is like for young women living in society with disabilities, 
from our own sort of like perspective and knowledge that we know and also just trying to encourage you guys listening at home to educate yourselves if you don't know and to try and think about this topic a bit more so and to engage in trying to eradicate the stereotypes and the negative concepts and constructs around disability that make people fearful of talking about it. So Andy's done a fantastic job of telling us about lots of different things that you know perhaps you may not have known perhaps you may have known but I've been able to expand on. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Angie. No worries. Thank no you worries. so, so much for giving yeah. your insight. Yeah, I really enjoyed bringing up a few topics such as like sex and disability and just some of the struggles that women with disability might face because of, you know, the world that's around them rather than um, the condition that they're living in. So it's been a really awesome discussion and I hope these kind of discussions can continue to happen in um, our listeners' peer groups and so on and yeah standing up for ourselves if we do have a disability standing up for our peers that have disability um i really hope that can continue to happen perfect perfect before we go we did kind of want to quickly bring up because i'm conscious that we are gonna have to say bye-bye soon um we just wanted to bring up invisible disabilities because i feel like we've spoke a lot about you know how society is constructed in order to unfortunately discriminate against people in wheelchairs and with physical obvious disabilities but i kind of wanted to also allude to invisible disabilities and impairments that we perhaps can't see but does not make them anyway you know less valid or less important or you know less of a need for us to be conscious of so for those who aren't aware kind of can you give us a kind of description or like a bit of a lowdown kind of explanation of invisible disabilities and how they exist within our society Angie absolutely I think um, a lot of people kind of assume that a disability, they think of like, they know the traditional disability kind of like sticker that you'll see on car parks and you'll see on wheelchair accessible toilets and that's the wheelchair sticker and so it makes a lot of people kind of put the idea of somebody with a disability into the box of a wheelchair user, someone that might be immobile or they might put it into a box of, you know, people that might be non-verbal and might have... Um, they might display their disability physically, um, but that that's not the case. There's a lot of people that have disabilities that we might not know unless they tell us or we ask them. Um, that could be being on the autism, autism spectrum um, or any... There's other sort of intellectual disabilities that are invisible. There are also bodily disabilities that are invisible too. Um, so I guess, yeah, we've kind of... When we talk about disability, we can't just um, just talk about people in wheelchairs and people who have a visible disability. We need to include all people. I think people that have an invisible dif- disability might perceive um, discrimination and ableist language more more so and it might not be directed at them. They might, you know, attract friends and partners and so on and then those partners might be ableist without taking into consideration that their their peer or their partner does live with a disability so I think that would be definitely a factor that comes into people that have invisible disabilities lives. 
Amazing. I think that you're so correct there, Angie, that we do really, when we speak about this consciousness, when we speak about making ourselves more educated and more informed about this topic and about disability, I think that we totally do need to include people who live with disabilities that we perhaps cannot see. And don't degrade them, don't think that they are in any way less important. It's just another thing that we need to make sure that we are conscious of and not be afraid to educate ourselves about. And I think that that fantastically rounds up our show and rounds up what we've really been talking about here to encourage people to engage to you know make themselves more aware and make themselves more apparent of including all people whether that be women with disabilities or just you know anyone who has a disability and really inviting them into the discussion to the table to speak for themselves and speaking to them and with them about things and not being afraid to acknowledge these things and not being afraid to acknowledge the fact that you might not know that much about something but there's always time to learn like I say there's nothing wrong with being ignorant so long as you are willing to learn and so long as you are willing to engage with the correct information I think that is absolutely fine so any kind of last messages that you have for anyone listening Angie what really do we want to put out there to our lovely listeners who've joined us for our show today yeah I guess kind of putting the message out that disability does come in all different types um, and everybody has a different relationship to their disability um, I think a nice little, when we're talking about invisible disabilities, but we're also talking about people that are nonverbal and things like that, I think a lovely little quote that I like to end the night with is, just because somebody can't speak doesn't mean they have nothing to say. Ooh. I really hope people do take that home with them and do take that forward with them within general day-to-day life because that is so, so important and a fantastic way to end what has been a fantastic show. Thank you so, so much for your company, Angie, and thank you so, so much to everyone who has listened at home. Please do engage with our social media. Follow us on Instagram at The Power of She. Listen to our playlist on Spotify, which you can find by searching The Power of She Week 6. And yeah, really do love the incredible women that are living with disabilities in society. You know, engage with them, learn about them, learn about their disabilities and include them. And also engage with the fantastic females that are creating art, creating anything, be be it that they be able-bodied, be it that they have a disability, anything. Just all come together. The more we come together and love each other, the more successful we will be. Absolutely. That is it from us. We are signing out. Out, aren't we Angie? We are, we are. I think another great resource to find information on um, when, when, women with disabilities is the um, Women with Disabilities website, um, which you can find out more information and resources. What a fantastic plug. Thank you so, so much again for your contributions, Angie. We are going to send the listeners off with a lovely song, which is called Honey by Ravina. You've been listening to The Power of She here on Sin 90.7. Tune in next week for another fantastic episode. This was a Sin Media Podcast, previously heard live on Sin 90.7. Okay, see you later. Bye-bye.